Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And as we record this in 2021, we are just a few days away from Christmas. Christmas! Happy Christmas, Dan. Happy Chrysler. What? Merry Chrysler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's almost Christmas time. But not in Hogwarts. No, no, we're past Christmas. I like when it lines up. When it lines, like our Christmas lines up with their Christmas. Yeah. I think we'd have to read a lot faster because we already passed up the Yule Ball and everything. The reading is not the issue. It's the preparation for the podcast. The copious notes. Yeah. Copious would be the term that I use. How many words did you do this time? Uh, 799. 799? I think I need to put another word there just to... Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Poop. Poop. Now I have 800 words. Woohoo! <laughs> so, let's keep going on Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Last time we did Chapter 26, which was the second task. We are how far through the book? Um, I don't know. I was going by my, my Goodreads and... Clearly, it thinks I'm reading a different edition because it was saying we were only like halfway through. Your Goodreads is like, you're not still reading that book, are you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not happy with me. Um, but What is wrong with you? Like, our pages don't line up. I think on mine, I'm on like 450 and you're on like 500 something. Hmm. So the page numbers don't line up. But we have 10 chapters left. Okay. We're on. Tw- we just read twenty-seven, and there are thirty-seven chapters. Okay, so, so we have nine a over left two-thirds. once we get this one done. Probably a little over two-thirds, and we are nowhere close to being done with this Triwizard Tournament. There's a lot going on in this book, babe. There's, it's almost too much. It's, it's just a lot of just like little side, like hustles that we don't. Well, but we had need. like the whole thing in the beginning with the World Cup. Remember when Voldemort killed a guy? In yeah. This book? Yeah. And then we have that this was whole like Triwizard Tournament ago. thing. And then we have like a whole nother thing at the end. Like it's just, there's lots of things. I saw somebody on Facebook put that Harry Potter should be rebooted as like a HBO series where mm-hmm. each season would be a book. Yeah. And... They said each episode would be a, a chapter, but I, I that don't, wouldn't work that out. Wouldn't no, because like this one's got thirty-seven chapters. But some of this stuff we could condense into several chapters into one episode. Yeah. But yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. I mean, be awesome. You might actually Peeves might actually get to be seen on screen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we did that. If we had that many hours of Harry Potter programming. But last time we did the second task, Harry's still trying to figure out. How he's going to breathe underwater for the second task. We get an owl delivery from Sirius. Possibly planning on meeting Harry at Hogsmeade very soon. Uh, Harry falls asleep in the library trying to find a solution to his underwater underwater breathing problem. Dobby wakes Harry up. Harry had overslept and is going to be late for the second task. But dog, do, doggy, Dobby <laughs> gives Harry gillyweed, which will help Harry breathe underwater. Turns out... The task is to rescue a person who is very important to each contestant, somebody that they would miss tremendously. Yes. And Harry is having a hard time finding Ron, who is his person. Uh, everybody else 
uh, well, two of the boys got uh, romantic lady friends, and one girl got her sister, and Ron just, or uh, Harry gets his best buddy, Ron. Yep. And can't find him because apparently that little tiny lake outside of Hogwarts is the size of the Pacific Ocean. Yes. Uh, Harry rescues Ron, Sharkhead Crumb rescues Hermione, Bubblehead Cedric rescues Cho, and Harry feels he has to rescue Fleur Delico's, Delacour's sister because Fleur is nowhere to be found, and Harry is pretty sure that if you don't get rescued, you die. Yes, of course. I mean, that's what the song said. The champions return to shore, none make it within the hour time frame, and we get yet another round of picking random numbers to assign to completion of tasks. <laughs> Hold on. Hot take. There's the hot take button there. I had to reach over. Sorry, I kind of in, in, uh, encroached on your territory there. Okay. To the soundboard. Uh, Fleur gets 25 points. Cedric gets 47. So random. Uh, Victor Crumb is awarded. It kind of makes sense. 40. Why 47? Why not like 45? 45 is, is more of a. It's. Because there were three judges, and one judge was like, eh, it was only a minute late, it's fine. And the other judge was like, no, dock him. And then the other judge was like, eh, can't we compromise somewhere in the middle? And they got, they settled on 47. Babe, it was compromise. Victor Crumb is awarded 40 points. Compromise never works in, in uh, legislation. It doesn't work in, in wizarding judging. It doesn't work in anything. It, it's just, it's all random. It's all arbitrary, and I hate it. Uh, Victor Crumb is awarded 40 points, and Harry must have had a whole grain breakfast, Jess. Because he got 45 points because he had a lot of fiber in his system? Moral. It's in his moral. What part is, is that, like, next to the pancreas, or? <laughs> um, no, I think it's kind of like, um, the circulatory, it's all over. Okay. So he had a lot of fiber in his system, so he got 45 points. Yes. Moral fiber. He so. had that, he had that toast. <laughs> All that, that that day where he ate like 30 pieces of toast that Hermione brought him with no toppings on it. That uh, allowed him to score very well. Yes. In this uh, second task of the Triwizard Tournament. So, Chapter 27 is what we're going to talk about today. Called Padfoot Returns. Let me get a drink. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> That's not what it, it sounded like. So many noises that didn't fit together. <laughs> Just the second task is done. Uh, this task, this uh, chapter, we're at this task. <laughs> this task this that we have task. of recording today and covering chapter 27. Uh, the chapter is called Padfoot Returns. Woohoo, you, you, you spoiled it for me, though. What? You said Padfoot Returns. It's on the first page. It's the first page of the I chapter. I hadn't picked up the book yet. It's the first page of the chapter. That's not a, it's the, literally the first word you read. That's not a spoiler. You, but you said spoiler. You called it out. Uh, Harry is currently <laughs> tied for first place after two tasks, which is a pretty big achievement for somebody sure. as, as young as he is and inexperienced in the wizarding world. And he's, of course, getting even more attention at school than he normally does. Now, you all know I don't pick favorites, but Harry, he is my favorite. Ron has also become a center of attention, Jessica, as he regales the school... With the tale of not only his own peril, but of Harry's bravery and performance underwater as well. Well, what? Yeah, you have to... 
Ron has to tell this story to everybody because nobody could see any of it. <laughs> but wasn't he asleep? Well, the story gets a little... Changes a little different the more he tells it, right? Yeah. As most stories do. I have many stories that are like well, that. I thought that was a little weird because Harry kind of was like... Dude. Like, he was confused by this a little bit. Like, it said... Harry noticed that as Ron told the story each time, things parts parts of it started to change. Harry's a little like, more reserved, though. Ron is a little more. You know, we saw when he looked into the mirror of Erised that Ron's desires are the glory. Pardon me. The glory. Yeah, he wants the glory. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> he said Dory. Dory. <laughs> hey, that was an answer. You know how Dory forgets things. She had the amnesia. <laughs> was on our game the other night. So when he, yeah, right. When he looked into the mirror, he's all about like everybody. I want everybody to love me. I want everybody to. I, I want to be have have the fame. I want to be you know the the champion. I want to be the. I want to be Victor Crumb. He just wants to stand out. He's in a, from a large family. He's mm-hmm. one of the youngest. I mean, he's the youngest boy. Jenny's the youngest, but she gets to stand out because she's the only girl, Mm -hmm. so he's still just the youngest of several boys, and he just doesn't stand out. He wants to stand out. So he is more, rather than Harry, as opposed to Harry, I should say, he is more of, like, the the outgoing, talking to people, let me regale you of what happened, and Harry is more, kind of just wants to be part of the group, you know, he's, that's, ever since he's gotten to Hogwarts, that's, he's just wanted to fit in but he's been he's burdened with as loki would say burdened with glorious purpose (laughs) it was just odd to me there was something in there some line that made me feel like harry had never thought of this Mm -hmm. like oh i could change the story Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you just he'd never even it never occurred to him that someone would do that we kind of see the same thing it kind of reminded me when they first get on the train together when they first meet and Harry doesn't really know anybody or know what to say. And Ron's just blah, 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 Just, you know, talking his head off. That's kind of what their personalities are. So it makes sense that Ron would be the one, even though he was asleep <laughs> the whole time. doesn't know what happened. Say, Let me tell you what happened. It happened this way. And Harry is not really in any position to have any desire to correct him or say any more than he absolutely has to but the story is getting a little different as as time goes on i i think of my uh my fight that we got into playing basketball in downtown st louis about hoop it up 23 years ago this wasn't just like some random game folks it was was organized hoop it up (laughs) if you remember when hoop it up used to travel around the country and put on these little tournaments somebody somebody out there remembers to any of you uh, old school hoopers out there like me, I played in hoop it up. <laughs> you did, <laughs> you did. You were you were uh, you uh, acquitted yourself quite well, young lady. I'm scrappy. What you can are I scrappy. say? Scrappy, I might be little, but don't mess with me. Well, there was a, uh, a brawl that that took place. This I wasn't at that one. This was this was pre uh, Jessica, but anyway the. The characters involved in the story, 
the story has evolved to just take it on a life of its own over the <laughs> over the years. And uh, if you want to hear that story, uh, you're not going to hear it here because it would take too long. But uh, shoot me an email, broomsticks.butterbeer@gmail.com. I'd be happy to. <laughs> Uh, give you the blow by blow of everything that happened. Oh, are you going to give them the real story or the story that the story has become? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, all that. <laughs> uh, Harry gets a reply from Sirius pretty early on in this chapter saying that Sirius wants to meet on Saturday on the outskirts of Hogsmeade. Uh, Rita Skeeter's written works have made another appearance in this chapter, this time in an article in Witch Weekly. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, she wrote in multiple things? Oh, yeah, she's all over the place. All over the place. Anybody who will take her garbage. Oh, did I say that? Uh, this article is titled Harry Potter's Secret Heartache. Oh. And the point of this article is trying to paint a picture of Harry being in a romantic relationship with Hermione. They called her his girlfriend uh tries to paint hermione as a celebrity wizard crazed girl who needs multiple famous boyfriends not one is just not enough for her which is why in the article it says that she's jumping from harry to victor just because of the fame and insinuates that hermione may indeed be using an illegal love potion to attract the attention of these boys yeah the, the, one of her classmates, a Slytherin girl, is quoted in the article as saying that Hermione is very ugly. Mm -hmm. So there's absolutely no way she could get these boys. It must be a love potion because she's kind of brainy and she could probably do something like that. So let me let me ask you this: in the Muggle community, let's say in our world, this type of writing, I don't think would endear her Rita Skeeter to her readers because it's it's targeting teenagers in the name of, of journalism. It's it's that's what kind of one of the things that you stay away from is in journalism is you don't you don't go after kids. You know? Uh, and she, Rita Skeeter seems to to do that a lot she's she's targeting teenagers she's even she even uses the, the quote by pansy uh parkinson that you said about hermione being really ugly and if somebody if you were writing an article and somebody gave that quote you wouldn't use that quote because it seems like it would like take down the the reliability or credibility of your article it kind of just making it into more of like a, a, a smut piece it's kind of just bad writing uh, to put a quote like that in there but it's somehow she's super popular in the wizarding world i just i don't is there some kind of like disconnect between like wizarding uh journalism and muggle journalism because it seems like she's doing everything wrong uh, her being Rita Skeeter, as far as if she was to, were to gain popularity as a muggle journalist. Um, no, actually, I don't completely agree with you there. Mm. Because, I mean, I get what you're saying about writing about kids and stuff, but that's not true if they're celebrities. And 
we obviously Harry is celebrity status, Crumb's celebrity status, and now that this this tournament that hasn't happened in years is happening at Hogwarts, I think it kind of elevates it to a celebrity status. I mean, people write all kinds of things about celebrity teenagers, and people eat it up. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, they want to know about the crimes they committed and the drugs they're on and, you know, what relationships they have and are failing. I guess I just think that they want to know all the bad things about celebrities. When they're at least 18, we start to see things like that come out. But, you know, I, I none of these kids are 18 yet. Not even uh, Victor. He's 17, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I just, you don't, I guess I just don't really see that much of that, you know, until you're of age and then we can start picking on you for, for your choices. But it, it just seems like, I don't know. I don't know how, why Rita Skeeter is so popular because of, but like you said, you know, there, I guess there is a subsection of people, no matter whether they are in the magical world or not, that eat up any kind of pseudo-celebrity gossip. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Harry Potter has got to be more famous in the wizarding world than Kim Kardashian is in the the muggle world. And somehow she's on every magazine, every uh, TV show, every newspaper article, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I know that there's like wizards kind of sprinkled everywhere, but I also feel like they're a smaller community. And so then, you you know, you have that small town thing where everybody knows everybody's gossip. It's just a smaller community. And then you got to factor in the, that the, these kids are away at school. Their parents are not right there. So even like you were talking about the celebrities and not getting really hit until they're 18. Well, that's also partly because their parents are right there and they can kind of control what gets leaked and what gets kept under the rug and whatever these kids are away at school they don't have parents looking out for them or trying to say hey no you can't print that well we talked about it before rita skeeter is not allowed at hogwarts but she somehow continues to get these scoops because there was a couple of quotes in the article or a couple of mentions i should say in the article that uh, I think one of them was uh, Victor inviting Hermione to to visit him over to the visit summer. him over the summer, and that was something that was just between the two of them. How could Rita Skeeter have known that? I know Victor Crumb is not going out of his way to <laughs> talk to to Rita Skeeter. He doesn't really seem to talk to anybody, but other, other than other than Hermione. <laughs> So there's there's obviously something going on. We've I gave you a couple chapters ago. I think my theory of what uh, what Rita Skeeter uh, how Rita Skeeter is accompl- accomplishing this, but that's something to keep an eye on for sure because it was actually wondered aloud by uh, the trio in this chapter how Rita Skeeter keeps finding out this information even though she's not around. They uh, pondered whether she has an invisibility cloak and maybe she was at the, the second task and then she, she could in. have overheard. But uh, something to keep an eye on. And speaking of adults being horrible to children, uh, Snape really got his robes in a twist this chapter. I don't he, know what you mean. He was... No, he's just... You, 
just normally just a horrible person to these these poor children. But he was really aggressively trying to goad Harry into saying or doing something wrong in this chapter, even to the point of threatening him with potion. What's up with Snape here? I mean, lots of people love this character. They say he's misunderstood. But he's just, especially in this chapter, just flat out jerk. I guess he just one of those people that because of whatever circumstances, they're just destined to be miserable, old, snob, alone, just whatever. Some people just seem like that's their destiny. And every day they work to fulfill that destiny. And it seems like that's what Snape, you know, more so than ever in this chapter, he's just pushing buttons just for the sake of of being mean. I... People love him. I know. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, Dan's gonna... Dan's gonna have a field day with this one. Um... And I know what people are going to say, too. Sorry to interrupt you, but I know yeah. people are going to say, Whoa, you got to read all the books. You got to, you don't know where his character's gone. I see, I almost said a bad word. <laughs> I've seen the, I, I know where, what's happening here. I know what's going to happen. Not okay. His behavior's yeah. not okay. You see, I, I have something I want to say, but it's a little spoilery. Mm hmm. Well, I but, could I could cover my ears if you like. No, because <laughs> I I don't listen back to these. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying that I don't think he ever ever wanted to be a teacher. Like this isn't what he wanted to do. None of I, us I mean, did. He, no, this happened. You went to school to become a Didn't, teacher. I, if there was a, if a, another option, a better option would have came up. <laughs> Ask our friend Kelly in Manhattan. <laughs> you guys still were like, I want to be a teacher. I'm going to sign up for these classes. I'm going to change I'm gonna, the world. <laughs> I'm going to mold young minds and make a difference in this world. And you became a teacher. And now Catherine you realize got out that too. was a horrible, horrible our mistake. Our buddy Catherine in Chicago. <laughs> your fellow Ravenclaw. Got out. Got out. I'm not saying that, but... I'm saying he didn't want to be. I feel like nobody does. Dumbledore <laughs> arranged this, and he doesn't have clearly doesn't have the temperament to deal with children. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't either, and I work at a school, but yeah, I can't go past that. He Dumbledore arranged this, and he doesn't really have the temperament to be a teacher. Maybe he's like me. He's, like, frustrated, but he's, like, really close to retirement. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like, "Ah, I can stick it out for six more years. (laughs) He doesn't want to give up on that pension. He's he's paid too much into his 403B. Somebody needs to tell him about dodgeball. He could play dodgeball with the kids. Dodgeball, you say. Yeah. Where he gets to throw things at the children. Yeah, apparently you can just threaten these kids and do all kinds of stuff and nothing bad happens. There are chains to chain them up in the... Yeah. So, you know. Well, it's a little potion. Yeah, I guess. 
Uh, he's just he's just miserable and he's horrible. And wasn't he making them drink their, drink their potion? I don't care how much. In you, the previous I book, listen. I love Alan Rickman too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I don't think Christmas officially starts until you know he falls off the building and in Die Hard. <laughs> I've never seen that. Pretty good. You should see it. Yippee ki yay! All that stuff. Yeah. Pretty good. Hans Gruber falls off the building. Spoiler. Spoiler. I, and I'm, Christmas can finally begin. But yeah, I love Alan Rickman too, but... I appreciate the characters so in the story, but I'm not like one of those Snape fans. That How about that? About. Uh, we just got done, as we record this in 2021, we just <sighs> got done watching the Harry Potter uh, Tournament of Houses, I believe it was called, on TBS. Yes. It was a four-week Sunday night uh, trivia extravaganza. Uh, hosted by Dame Helen Mirren. And, it was a lot uh, of fun. It was a lot of fun. And one of the Slytherin participants on there uh, mentioned many times what his favorite character was. Somebody needed to slap him. And like, what, I get that he's Slytherin, and, but still, that's well, not Slytherin, acceptable. I got I to be controversial. I got to say something that's outside it, of the box. It's not acceptable. How cool and tough and cool I am. And who who was his favorite character? Professor Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge, who's the worst. Well, I guess she's, she's a professor at some point, but yeah, Dolores Umbridge. He kept calling her Professor Umbridge, and I'm like, listen, just You're because, <laughs> just because uh, she takes the job of professor briefly, um, I mean, I guess, I guess if you, you know, earn that, you know, if you earn that doctorate even if you never use it you still be called doctor for the rest of your life but uh and even if you're a giant piece of garbage you could be called well, doctor. she wasn't very big she's kind of a teat she's just the worst and we haven't even got to her yet. <laughs> you haven't even <laughs> read the, her book. book so yeah i guess that's the sign of a good act actress though is that you know i've seen her in the movies and i already have this these uh these feelings about her. When I worked at the doctor's office, you know, he used to always be incredibly behind. One morning, there was a woman who came in. She had one of the first appointments, and she was sitting in her room, and she was waiting, and I kept hearing her go, <laughs> and I was, like, cringing every time. I was like, oh, my God, it's her. Mm -hmm. So you could just hear it coming from the exam room, and, yeah, it was horrible. Uh, Karkaroff bursts into the room to talk to Snape, says Snape is avoiding him, and shows Snape something on his inner forearm speaking, that is troubling him. Speaking just. of poor teacher etiquette, like, <laughs> this guy supposedly works at a school as well, right? Mm. He's just barging into class and he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. Eh, I used to do that when I worked with Mike all the time. <laughs> Our buddy Mike listens to the podcast. I do walk in on Miss Miller a lot. <laughs> I just walked. I just walked in. One time, I walked in singing when he was uh, yelling yes. at his class because <laughs> at lunchtime we couldn't remember how a song went or the, what what a song was or what the name of it was. So after lunch, uh, my class was in the hallway doing a rest, restroom break, and I remembered the song. I peeked in his uh, little window and saw that he was uh, getting on his class about something inappropriate that had happened at lunch or recess. Uh, and nevertheless, I just opened the door and burst in singing. Uh, he joined me <laughs> in the song and then went right back to yelling at his class. <laughs> but you guys have a different dynamic. We do. It's not the same thing. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> we don't. I, I don't know yet. I haven't seen how this Karkaroff Snape thing is playing out. Maybe they'll burst in the musical number later. I don't know. I highly doubt it. Uh, the title of the chapter, though, is Padfoot Returns, and Padfoot, of course, being the nickname of Sirius because of his ability to shapeshift into a cute little doggy. Big shaggy dog. <laughs> so we head to the outskirts that of... That we of... confused with the Grimm earlier. The Grimm! Oh no, Jess! I like how he's like, I'm playing the lovable stray. I'm like, you were... Everyone thought you oh, were the Grimm. Oh no, he's <laughs> Before. Back. The Grimm. So we head to the outskirts of Hogsmeade, uh, more into the countryside and the mountains area. And we meet up with Sirius in shaggy dog form, who leads Harry, Ron, and Hermione to a cave in the side of the mountain. <laughs> I forgot that they went so far. I'm like, where are they going? I don't remember this, <laughs> what is this at all. What is this, Lord of the Rings? Why are we We're walking so walking much? walking into the mountains. Oh my goodness. Climbing rocks. It's. We get to see Buckbeak once again. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And Sirius turns back into human form and... When he turns back into human form, we get the impression that life on the run has been a little rough for Sirius. Mm, you said rough. Rough. <laughs> rough. <laughs> uh, how, what's Sirius looking like these days? Uh, worse than when he was in prison? <laughs> I kind of got the impression that it was worse. Remember when he was in that uh, dark wizard prison that like sucks the... the the life, life out of most life people don't survive; they just give up and die. He somehow looks worse. <laughs> like his hair is more matted. It's longer. He's very and maybe the the dementors came around and cut hair once in a while. Mm. Do you think there was a dementor that was the prison barber? Mm. Cut their hair once in a while. I don't know. So well, nobody's cutting his hair now. It's worse. It's matted. And he's malnourished. Malnourished. He clearly hasn't eaten much lately. So let's talk about what he's been eating lately. He instructs Harry to bring as much food as he could carry. Yes. And turns out that in in order to not attract attention, Sirius has not been going into town and looking for scraps of food or anything. He's been eating rats well that kind of makes sense he's a little anti-rat right now yeah so maybe maybe that's a subconscious (laughs) you know materializing into uh taking his frustrations out murdering as many rats as possible (laughs) into his meals you never know it could be the right rat eventually so this scene in the cave is kind of just a brainstorm uh, fact sharing session between the four of them. Everybody is kind of trying to take the little bits of information that they have and mix it with their theories and kind of put them together into this magical brew. They of, really needed a whiteboard. They did. They did. Like on TMZ, they got that that, that clear whiteboard. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they needed. <laughs> they needed one of those. And somebody with I was an thinking more of Doctor House, but yes. <laughs> And they're trying to kind of piece everything together and try to figure out what evil schemes are being carried out, who's involved in them. You know, we go all the way back to the Quidditch World Cup where Mr. Crouch's house elf was saving him a seat, but Mr. Crouch never showed up. And then how the Dark Mark was cast into the sky, apparently by Winky, the same house elf. 
and how Mr. Crouch hasn't been shown up for work or to judge the tournament and how the Marauders map somehow had Mr. Crouch on it having broken into Snape's office the other night and we talk about whether Karkaroff and Snape are in evil cahoots with one another and so many more theories. Yes, it's just a big rehash of everything because it's a long book. But we do learn a lot about Mr. Crouch's background. We do get some some new information from Sirius here that we didn't have before. We learned that Mr. Crouch was the one who put Sirius in Azkaban without a trial. Mm -hmm. And more specifically about Mr. Crouch's family. Can you expound a little bit on what we learned about his family? Yeah, well, let's go one more step back. So he, when the Dark Lord, when Voldemort was in power, he was kind of the the other half of that, like the the opposite. Mr. Crouch. Yeah, Mr. Crouch was kind of the opposite. He was the one who was like, no, we're going to have rules and I'm going to throw the book at everyone who breaks any rule, put a toe out of line and you have to deal with me. He was trying to keep order, but he went kind of extreme with it. Mm -hmm. There were no leniences. Like we said, he put Sirius in prison without a trial, but he wasn't the only one he did that with. It was, it was his thing. Um, until his son was caught out with some Death Eaters. And then that kind of, like, took the wind out of his sails. Like, he was this kind of... Law and order guy. Law and order guy, mm-hmm. straight, yeah, don't no ex- mess with no me. No exceptions, you know, this is what, you know, follow the letter of the law or else. And his son did get a trial, but he ended up in Azkaban. And he died within a year. Uh-huh is what Sirius said, and that was what I was kind of mentioning. It's they, People just give up and die, they quit eating, they have no will to live, blah, blah, blah. And it sounded like the trial was more for just appearances. Yes, yeah, so that he could just kind of basically say, well, I never liked hey, my son. Yeah, hey, you know. I don't have, I don't really have anything to do with him. I'm, I'm busy saving lives every day, and you know, <laughs> haven't talked to him in years, and mm-hmm. Just kind of to put that distance between them. But the, all of that that you just said also, uh, Mr. Crouch had these, you know, uh, these grand plans of somehow, you know, someday being, you know, the top dog in the, in the ministry, the Cornelius Fudge role. But the fact that his son, even though it was, he was, uh, the elder Mr. Crouch wasn't, uh, promoting it or right he wasn't even aware of it of that there's still that that's that stink that it kind of left on mr crouch's reputation the fact that his son was involved in somehow with these death death eaters and so it didn't it's saying he didn't have anything to do with his son really didn't help him though i guess the way he thought it would it kind of felt, felt like it backfired mm-hmm. and it's like well if you can't keep your son and your family in line how can you keep the rest of the world in line kind of thing so that's that's why mr crouch i almost said mr fudge <laughs> mr fudge uh, that's how mr crouch kind of got where he is right now in a department where he's not but really installed out. too excited about yeah. you know he's they say he's a very powerful uh i think sirius said he's a very powerful wizard mr crouch is and, you know, was very good at hunting, you know, 
hunting down bad, bad guys and things like that. But and it, it's kind of like when, let's say, like a celebrity or an athlete is accused of something, and even if they get acquitted, like because you because you can't prove it, but right. you can't really disprove it either. Right. Even if they so... get acquitted, there's always just something there's always kind of that stink on them that stain that you can't get out you know and it so it didn't make it to where uh, mr crouch is in azkaban or mr crouch doesn't even have a job he just doesn't he didn't excel the, to the levels that he wanted to he kind of you know stalled out and he's kind of just living out his his years uh working in a department of the ministry that he's not really too excited about ludo bagman loves his job <laughs> Sort of. He loves certain aspects of his job. Yeah. Or where his job gets him. He seem, Yeah, he seems like he's in a good spot for him. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mm. Crouch, not so much. So, um, anything else you want to say about the... I kind of interrupted you because I'm a big jerk, but... No. Anything else you want to say about the Crouch family before we wrap things up here? No. We covered it. Well, I mean, that's really the kind of the end of the chapter there's when i was going back and doing my notes i i was going several pages at a time and i'm like they're still talking about the same thing that i've already put down in my notes they're just really drawing out the conversation so well they took several sidetracks you know because you know the boys wanted to blame snape and then they had to revisit the whole conversation about well but snape if Snape wanted Harry dead, why didn't he kill him before? Why did he save him before? And then mm-hmm. they have to go back and forth and back and forth about that. So there was a lot of like sidetracking and having this arguments that we've already had. This whole book has a lot of sidetracking. <laughs> <laughs> That's not just this chapter, young lady. Oh. Uh, Want to do an email? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can say no if you want. I mean, we can just... Say thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. See you guys later. No, no, I like doing emails. <laughs> what, what's the? I don't know. It was just very sudden. I don't know. You just came out of nowhere. <laughs> You're allowed to say no. I mean, we don't have to do. We don't have. We can just shut her down. <laughs> you know, regroup, post the episode, and. Just move on about. We don't even have to talk to each other the rest of the day if you don't want to. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's not it. I just, it just like you said, the ch- the chapter just ended very abruptly. It was just like, oh, we were talking about this for a long time, and now what else? And you're just like email, and I'm like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Well, you can send us your emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, or tweet us at broomsticksb. That's broomsticks followed by the letter. B, as in Basenji, Brindle, Boy, But, But, <laughs> Boxes of Candy and Christmas Presents? Yeah. Broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or at Roomsticks.b or uh, on Facebook. As the Facebook numbers continue to climb every day. And when we went to C2E2 in Chicago a couple weekends ago, we handed out a lot of buttons. Yeah. If B for you, buttons and if B you got for a button, bookmarks. Make sure you send us an email. Say yeah. hey. 
Yeah, that's how we found out about you. But our somebody was our Facebook numbers went up really big that weekend. Yay! Like I looked down at my phone, it's like seventeen new people have liked it, and we had only been there for you know an hour or so. So it was pretty cool. Well, we are awesome. So eh. the chick at the grocery store knew us. <laughs> Like, Remember that time that chick at the grocery store knew us? Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was awesome. Uh, this email comes from Stephen in Berwyn, Illinois. Hi, Stephen. And Stephen writes, what is one quote, either from the movies or the books, that can be attributed to our daily muggle lives? So, Jessica, do you have a quote? And I gave you this question beforehand because I didn't want you to be on the spot, even though you were caught off guard by the email oh, just yeah. a couple minutes ago. <laughs> well, that was because you did send it to me, and I did not think about it like I was supposed to. Oh. So I am not prepared. Do you need me to uh, give you some think music or something? Or um, No. We're, gonna, we're just going to... You're just not going to do it? No, we're just going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do it. Well, I got one. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to go. No, no. <laughs> you go first. Uh, mine is from the movies, and I know Kelly's not going to like that. Uh, Kelly is very anti-movie, pro-book. But mine is from the movies, and it's not in the books. It is in The Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to... You know, I, have, I having not have read all of the books and only... You know, seeing the movies uh, all the way through a while ago, I wanted to make sure that it was something that I had seen for sure and read for sure that it wasn't something that was... You know, I didn't want to just Google good Harry Potter quotes. Oh, I could do that? <laughs> you could do that. All right. You just keep talking. I'll be right back. <laughs> I wanted it to be something I was familiar with. And there's... In The Prisoner of Azkaban, there's this... Uh, Quote where Dumbledore says, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. And that's when he kind of waves his hand over the candle and the candle comes on. And I think that that this quote is really important, especially as we record this in 2021. We're in the middle of a, a global pandemic and there is a lot of darkness out there there's a lot of uh people struggling right now there's people uh struggling not just with you know physical illness but you know struggling with the the loss of of family members or uh piling medical bills because of this pandemic or be or not being able to you know get access to the things they need because of how the pandemic has uh, affected, you know, just global shipping routes and things like that uh, around the world. And there's a lot of people struggling with mental health right now, too, and and maybe have not had that before until this pandemic came along and kind of threw us all for a loop. So I think that, you know, for a lot of people, this could be seen as the, the darkest of times, and I still struggle, you know. Some days are good, some days are bad, as I, you know... You and I are both dealing with long-term COVID symptoms, and you know it's uh, you know some days I'm I'm okay with it, and some days you know some days I'm like, well, I'm just happy to be alive, you know, because some people didn't get that, and some days I I feel sorry for myself, and 
I think that it's important to kind of think about this quote, you know, in order to combat this darkness, you have to, you know, remember to turn on the light. You know, you have to, you know, reach out to friends. You have to reach out to family. You have to, you know, if you need, um, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, there's, you know, uh, counselors and, and whatnot available that you can even do virtually. Uh, but you have to, you have to make, you know, the, the effort to turn that light back on rather than doing what, what, what I've even, you know, been known to do some days was just kind of wallowing in it. You know, especially when we were sick last year, there were days where you had to like make me get up. I, I yelled at him. And, and I, and I think I needed that. I needed, you know, to not, not come on, you know, not, come on, you, you need to get up, you need to walk around, you need to, you know, and you made me go outside. It was kind of like weekend at Bernie's. I like went outside and like put, you put sunglasses on me and, and I, and laid me out in a, in one, in one of those, uh, uh, lawn chairs. I don't think I did all that. I think I just yelled at no, you. No, you laid me out in one of those lawn chairs, and you were, you know, putting music on around me. I, you don't... Yeah, I had the no, I had the music on, and I remember. And you were reading. You got my trivi- trivia out. book out. And you were like reading me trivia questions and... in between my coughing. And so you know, that helped. You know. Um, not my, not necessarily my physical state, but my mental state, and I think that. No, it's for your physical state too. You have to get up and move. You can't yeah, just lay there with pneumonia. But I, but, you have to get up and move. Yeah, and but breathe. I think I think even more important than that was just like the emotional and mental uh, trials that we had been through with that, and still going through. You know, on a day to day basis. I know you don't like getting up and taking your heart medicine every day that you have to now because of uh what covid did did to you but you know it's um we have each other and a lot of people don't have that and uh if you don't have that it's important to to seek that out you know because if you just stay in the darkness then you're going to be there forever and things things are going to get even worse but you got to be able to, to search out the light and sometimes that's hard to do just like you know somebody who's struggling with mental health the hardest what's the hardest part of that is recognizing is knowing how to ask for help and knowing where to ask for help and knowing that you need help you know things like that so i i thought that even though that quote wasn't in the book and kelly's gonna be mad at me about that i thought that 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 was something that could apply to our daily muggle lives especially now she might not be mad because i feel like it's a very dumbledore thing she might let it go i don't think she's gonna be happy about it but christmas so she (laughs) might let it go okay well that'd be awesome I mean, she doesn't like that Dumbledore, and she, you know, it's anti-movie, but it's Christmas, and I just feel like the saying itself and the, what it meant in the story and what it meant for those characters at the time was very true to Dumbledore. So I feel like she'll let go. Well, I hope I didn't depress everybody too much with my... Um, <laughs> with yeah, my well, well I'll here. fix it. So... <laughs> You sent me the text while I was reading the chapter. Uh-huh. And a couple I, hours ago. First, I was like, I thought it was something to the group. And I was like, why is he asking the group this? And I was like, no, no, I think this is just to me. So then I, you know, put the book down. I actually looked at my phone and to see group, what it was. We have a, we have, 
Catherine in Chicago and Anastasia in Connecticut and Kelly in Manhattan and Jennifer in California. Uh, is there anybody else on that? No. Yeah. So Me those and are. You. And then yeah, and then you and I. Yeah, and that's another weird result of this pandemic. Like our best friends are on. <laughs> As far away as, as far possible. away as possible. Like the <laughs> although people... we did get, we did get to see Catherine an in person appearance, uh, first time ever. Yeah, last like... week was it last weekend or the weekend before in Chicago? Yeah, last week because we were in Chicago for C two E two and Catherine was up there and we got to have some deep dish pie mm-hmm. with Catherine, which was really cool. And she goes, "I didn't know you guys had uh, bodies. Bodies, you know, <laughs> thought we were just torsos." Yeah. <laughs> um. So you sent me the sex, and of course. You know, it said, what did it say? So the, what, uh, what, oh, is Harry one, Potter quote. what is one quote either from the movies or the books that can be attributed to our daily muggle lives? So the part about daily muggle lives. And the first thing I thought of is a quote that I use almost every day. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> there are several times today that I'm thinking to myself and I have to do it in Hermione's with, What an idiot. I thought you were going to say books cleverness no. <laughs> but as i was reading the chapter and finishing the chapter there was a quote from sirius in there that i was like oh i like that but it wouldn't be don't peek don't peek sorry it wouldn't be my quote for this because i don't think it's like original to harry potter i think she took something that is a a social like a general maxim and and just kind of put it in here but the quote in the chapter oh no i don't know where it's at was the one about you know if you want to know what a man's really mm. like see how look at how he treats his inferiors mm-hmm. not his equals yep. that one and i've seen that version or something you know basically saying the same thing you know they'll talk about it like with animals or whatever mm-hmm. see how they treat animals or mm-hmm. things like that but it reminded me of another one um, that he says, and I, I haven't done the research. I don't know if it, if I, if I dig a little more, I might come up with a different one. But having not prepared myself like you did, it just this one was at the top of my head. Um, the one he says to Harry about, you know, people aren't divided into good and evil. We all have a little light and a little mm-hmm. dark in us. It's what you choose to act on that matters. Yeah. And that's not an exact quote at all. That's I know that's not the exact quote. It's basically quote, the nobody's perfect you know, kind of thing. Or judge people by what they do, mm-hmm. not what... And well, then it doesn't say not what they say, but the I like that quote too. I've said that to the kids before. Sometimes the kids will do something and they'll tell, Oh, I'm sorry, and I'll say, prove it. Mm-hmm. Prove it. Don't do it again. Yeah. Like, you're just saying you're sorry yeah. Sor- because you got busted or yeah. whatever is you're not good enough. You're sorry you got enough. caught. <laughs> you're not sorry yeah. that, that you did it. Um, you know, feeling general, you know, actual remorse is different than, you know, we kids say, sorry. I was like, you can't do whatever you want and say that sorry fixes it. Mm-hmm. Sorry doesn't fix everything. You know, if you, you know, punch another kid in the face you can't just say sorry and there'll be no consequences for it you know what are you going to do to fix the situation what are you going to do to correct it and you know it your uh quote kind of reminds me of we have a quote um 
at our school, which is, you know, this is who we are even when no one is looking. I think that's another uh, thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that. Who are you? What kind of person are you when nobody's looking? You know, are if if you had the opportunity to, to steal something and you know you you know nobody's around, you're not you're probably not gonna get caught. You do it, you know, it's it's right there, you know. Um, do you only follow rules just because that's the social convention, you know, just because there's nobody else around? You know, who are you when when nobody's looking? Are you are you a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of thing? We got a lot. There's a lot of you know kids that that we work with. The only reason they they act right is because somebody's watching them, you know, or a camera's on them or something like that, a hallway camera or something. If nobody was around, they they wouldn't. And there's other kids that would do the right thing no matter what. Those are the ones that you would you would take home and adopt if you you know if you had to. But you know, it kind of goes back to the other quote you said is that no everybody has good and bad in them. It's just you know what you want to to act on. You know, nobody is 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 perfect all the time. Um, but you have a choice of which route you want to take. You know, it's not like you're you're destined to be a bad person or destined to be a good person. You can control that, especially where these kids are at in the book and where, you know, the kids are at that we work with age wise. They have a they have a lot of choice in where they want to take their lives, which path they want to take it down. And it remains to be seen where where it's going to be. Hopefully it'll be more, you know, that that's. That was always my goal as a classroom teacher is that I know I can't help everybody or air quotes here. I know I can't fix everybody, but if I can help make the majority of these kids into good citizens, then I will have done my job. And you keep saying the words to uh, choices. Like I was saying, would you choose to act on? Or, well, the quote, you choose to act on is what matters. And we say that to the kids all the time. Make good choices. Mm -hmm. Make good choices. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that those quotes really are part of our daily life. Are, my, mine and yours, at least, part of our daily lives. My favorite, as we wrap up here, is I ask the kid, why did you do that? What's, their, what's normally their answer? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's that's something that we, we we if we could figure out how to fix that right there that interaction i don't know why i did it if we can make the kids self-aware of why they're doing things and how that relates to other people then i think half the battle is already won as far as you know helping these uh, kids turn into good citizens and uh, hopefully the kids at Hogwarts will turn into good citizens too because some of them are going down that dark path as well and some of them are trying to uh, uh, follow the uh, the just path if you will but uh, it remains to be seen with some of with some of them and it may, remains to be seen of what's going to happen in the rest of this book here the seemingly never-ending Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire we only have nine chapters left babe nine that's this many. Do you see? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine? Nine. Okay. 
Uh, well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. As we record this, we are going to try to get at least another episode or two out while you and I are on winter break here. Yes, I'm all that's, for that's that. That's our goal. That's our goal anyway. But that's I'm not the one know. who types <laughs> 800 hit word notes. Well, 7.99 plus poop. Plus poop. <laughs> so thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Thanks to any uh, new listeners that we reached Picked at up. C2E2 with uh, some of our giveaways that we did. And Oh, thanks for the email, Stephen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we thanks, kinda, Stephen. We kind of went long on that and then just kind of wrapped it up. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went, I, Dan got on his soapbox and depressed everybody, and then we, we, got into we started school talking life about, and... you know, the uh, society as a whole. And uh, we're just we're just filling up time here. It's, we're like J.K. Rowling. We're just trying to get that page count up. You know, we're trying to get the minutes up on the podcast here. Trying to, we're pushing an hour right now. <laughs> Should have been a half hour episode. We we can never do it. We'll never do a half hour episode. I thought you for gotta sure give. This, I thought for sure this one was going to be because I only got one page here. We got to give people a chance to get their bingo cards in. That's right. Uh, Ghostbusters, Fast and the Furious, uh, Space Jam, uh, <laughs> Mario Brothers. Mar- <laughs> Batman. Care Bears. Now I'm just looking around the room <laughs> looking for pop culture stuff. Put it all up on we your... We had Lord of the Rings, so yeah, you should have punched Lord of the Rings. Fill it up on your bingo card. Uh, thanks everybody again for, for listening. Special thanks to, of course, Catherine and Jennifer and Kelly and Anastasia and Jane. I was going to say, you better put and... Jane on there. She's a, she's a hardcore listener now. And... Um, the pharmacist at Walgreens pharmacist who gave me my booster shot and is now going to start listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least that's what she said. So we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.